Hello, and welcome to the Growth Chronicles, a mind, body, and spirit podcast. Thank you for joining us today. I'm your host, Dana Phillips. Um, A quick disclaimer before we begin, uh, the information on this podcast is for educational and informational purposes only. It is not intended to treat, diagnose, or otherwise cure any mental health or health conditions. Please continue to see your mental health and health care providers. Today, I have the honor of being joined by my wonderful colleague, Eulalie Smith. Thank you for being here. How are you, darling? I'm doing good. Thank you so much <laughs> for inviting me. Thank you for being here. It's been wonderful. Um, you and I connected through a networking um, uh, a networking channel, and we've we've talked a couple of times, but when you sent me your bio, uh, I was reading through it, and I was like, Oh, wow. Like there was so much in it that really stood out for me. And I want to I want to read the whole thing and share it with our listeners today, because um, it's such a beautiful and inspiring um, bio and story that I, I just I was like just completely blown away. So Miss you, Mrs. Eulalie Perez Smith is the owner of Lazarus Business Consulting LLC and the owner of Traveling Therapist LLC LC. SW and clinical supervisor. She's a Cuban immigrant and has been in the country for over 25 years. Up until the age of 28, she was an average middle-class social worker with too much debt and no intentions of doing anything more than her life and just surviving. She had no major aspirations and just thought of being a mom, a wife, and a social worker for the rest of her life. And she was actually really okay with that. When she turned 28, she started to feel super restless and drove her and that drove her to leave her job and join a company that she thought she was going to be that was going to be her home until the day she died. She worked and she'd never she'd worked like she'd never before and she was super happy in doing it. Her job was there was to, was to develop their mental health program and as a clinic as a clinical director. Unfortunately, 10 months later, she found herself with a fully developed program, but with the sick father on his deathbed. The day he was moved into hospice, she called her employer to let him know that her father only has about four days to live and she needed to call out of work so she can prepare for the funeral and to take the rest of the week off. His response, I'm sick about hearing about your dad. If you're not back in the office Monday morning, you're fired and don't bother coming back inside to get your things We'll leave them on the sidewalk. Wow. Yeah. If you try to come in, I'm calling the police. That just, when I read the bio, I was just almost moved to tears just in that. With no option, she was forced to quit. She buried her father exactly four days later and returned back home. The box with her things was waiting on the curb for her. She said she could not put into words how grateful she was for the cruelty that was bestowed upon her because it was in that moment of complete hopelessness that sparked in her the fire to succeed in the business like she never thought she could. Three months after the event, she started a new job working on putting together her own mental health practice on the side. She worked nights and weekends tirelessly on her own business while working full-time as a therapist. Her husband asked, what what will you do if this doesn't work? I told him, if this doesn't work, I'll be dead, so I'm not worried about it. There was such a level of dedication that I had that I had to succeed. Within six months, I opened and scaled my private practice from $300 personal investment 
to an annual income of $855,000 in less than three years. She went from working alone out of her car and seeing her clients at their houses to now having two locations and 17 employees and did it all during the pandemic, a recession, a category five hurricane, and a direct attempt against my business. Eulalie, I cannot even explain to you all of the things that just reading this bio has been so inspirational. So I'm asking a stupid question. What have you been growing through? (laughs) (laughs) I think the last five years has been something else, to be honest. Um, I felt very blessed because honestly, even though you would consider immigrating and the fact that I was without my dad for four years because he came before us, a lot of people tend to think like, that's traumatic, you know, and I thought that was the hardest thing I ever had to do was as a child to not have my dad for four years. But sincerely, I felt I I have felt very blessed because I, I felt like I was very nurtured and very protected for the better part of my life. I had loving parents. Um, It wasn't perfect, but I knew I was loved. I, I was given the opportunity to study um, moving into this country gave me a lot of opportunities. So I felt very blessed, very lucky. And then five years ago, my whole world fell apart. My best friend died. You know, my dad was my everything. He was my everything. Um, so he dies literally as I am leaving the meeting with hospice. I call my boss. I tell him, Hey, um, they just gave him four days to live. He hasn't eaten. He hasn't been drinking anymore. Can I just take the rest of the week to make sure that I arrange everything for him? And, uh, and then I'll go back next week. And literally I'm in the hospital, I'm hiding in a little corner. And he just says, you know, I'm so sick of hearing you talk about your dad it's done. I'm done. If you don't come back, you're fired or, you know, you're fired. You can consider yourself fired and you better not even walk into this, into our clinic because I'm calling the police. And those were, those were real, real words. Um, and, and, uh, I had not cried because my whole family, I'm obviously, I'm the social worker. Um, you know, so it's like You're the oh, rock for everybody. I'm the, I'm the yeah. rock. I'm the yeah. I'm the one that speaks English. Yeah. I'm the you yeah. know since, since I was nine years old, it was you better learn to speak English because you're the one that's gonna call the ambulance <laughs> if something happens to us. So I've been that person. So I had not cried. I had not like shown any emotion until then, and then this person is t- telling me this. And I just felt the most unbelievable wave of sorrow and hopelessness. And I'm just, I broke down and I literally was like trying to hide in a corner. And I remember my brother noticed and he's like, what's going on? What's going on? And then my whole family like ran over to where I was and just, what is it? What is it? What is it? And I just couldn't stop sobbing. I just, I cried like I, like my world was falling apart. And that's, you know, in that moment, I just could not think in my mind 
how somebody could have that lack of empathy. So after, after I came back, I was like, I can never give this level of dedication to someone else's business ever again. Like I can't possibly do that. And because the level of the lack of empathy was coming from a mental health care provider or practice. Well, that, his, that... his wife was the therapist. And I thought that she would at least have some support or like she would at least, you know, support me in some way The my boss main boss was her husband who wasn't a mental health provider. Her, his wife was the mental health provider, but the type of relationship that I thought we had seemed to be like, we were family. Like we were extremely close and it, I believed, but it was obviously not the case. So after that, you you know, it's moments like that where you sort of realize, like you question your own humanity. Those are the moments where you start to think, should I actually be someone that cares about other people when I'm going, I'm the, I'm the one that's putting myself out there and could be vulnerable to someone taking advantage of me and hurting me in this way. So you start to wonder, is it worth being nice? Is it worth being dedicated? Is it, you know, and you hear it nowadays a lot from employees who say, it's not worth it. You're replaceable. The job is not going to care. The business is not going to care. Your boss is not going to care. So many people. So from that experience, my whole clinic, like everything I dedicated to building is, and I actually did a review, an annual review with a staff member who brought this up. My whole clinic was based on, I'm going to do everything humanly possible to support these therapists and to help these therapists and hope that they see me as a good enough leader that they'll be willing to follow me and as they're following me, I want to make sure I'm leading them down a really, really good path. I want them to be supported. I want them to feel like they are leaving our clinic whenever that happens um, 10 times better than they were when they came in. And that was, that became like my whole entire world was just, I want to build, I want to build, I want to build because I felt so destroyed. Yeah. Person. So that's, yeah, that was, that was something else. Incredible. And, you know, human experience can do either two things, right? It can take that experience and we can shut down and we could not do anything and just kind of feel like, okay, well, this is it. You know, it's always going to be like this or the other side of it. We take it and we're like, forget this. Like I'm using this and I'm going to build and I'm going to make sure that anybody that I work with doesn't ever feel like this ever again in their life. And, you know, kudos to you for being able to do that. Um, coming from a corporate environment and even in healthcare experience the same exact thing. You know, you experience the, where you think the, the empathy and the compassion is supposed to come from, right? Because of the environment, because of, of the industry that we're in, it, it, you would think that the empathy and compassion is, is there. And then when it's not, you're like, what do you mean? Well, how, then why am I here? How did, how did this happen? And you're just completely blindsided by it. Um, And I mean, congratulations to you. And honestly, kudos to you for being able to take that power, that pain into putting it into power and now creating 
you know, a beautiful culture for yourself and, and for your employees. Yeah, it's, it's definitely, even though there's been a lot of growing pains because I had absolutely no experience in business. Um, and to this day, my mom still says like, just go back, just give it, just play it safe. You know, you don't have to do this, like just find a decent job and like, just make sure that you got be able to pay your bills. And she, she lives her life terrified on my behalf. Yeah. That risk. Don't take that, you know? And, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things where I had no experience. So I, I learned along the way and it's been a growing process, but it's been an amazing process. And it was just a matter of opening yourself up to let the pain come. That's okay. Let it come because it has to, and then take it in and then sit with it for a minute and say to yourself, where can I take this? I can either go deeper into the pain and lose myself in it, or I can use it almost as mortar to build, to build a stronger character, to build a more determined person, you know, to build dreams and aspirations to, you know, it, because to me, my motto for during that time was the, the, my, my best friend, my favorite person in the entire world is gone. And I survived it. If yeah. I can survive that, this guy is not going to take me down. This situation is not going to take me down. I was just like, I need to just regroup because I, I, I just survived literally the most inconceivable thing I possibly could. So I think I'll be okay. There's nothing this person can do to me. So that's the difference is like, do you fall into the pit? Or do you allow yourself to rise above it? To grow with it. Mm -hmm. So I thank you for sharing that. That's that's incredible. So now, years later, right. how what's the mindset that you're in now? And, and how are you using that? <laughs> like a thousand times different. Um, I've learned first and foremost, I've learned to appreciate and to observe the people that try to take me down because the way my mindset is now is like, you see something in me that I don't see in myself yet. I'm like, if you're threatened by me, yep. if you're scared enough that you're putting on all this energy to try and take me down or try to hurt me or my business, what am I missing? Because you see something, you see some sort of potential that's serious enough that you're putting your energy in on me. So now anybody that tries to, whether it's manipulate me, whether it's use me, whether it's however it is, um, I'm watching out because I'm like, teach me something, teach me what I don't know about myself right now. Wow. Like, what am I missing? Wow. So I'm a lot less scared of those people that have the bad intentions, I'm a lot more willing to like jump in the fight and respond back, you know, and set boundaries and, and I can stand on my own two feet a lot better. But I am also tremendously aware of the vulnerability of other people, especially business minded people. So therapist, I don't know about any other state, but in Florida, it's crazy how many therapists 
are interested in starting their own private practice or interested in doing their own thing and being independent contractors. And I see over and over repeated how they they get taken advantage of and they're manipulated and they're used because of the things that they don't know. So they, they may not know about the tax codes. They may not know how to start a business. They may not know, you know, things like that. They, they may not know the difference between a W-2 and a 1099 employee. Right. And they get told, well, you're an independent contractor. That means that you're an owner. Like you're not an owner if you're having to pay the person 40% of your, of your profit. That's allowed if you're a business partner. But you're not an owner if you're having to give away 40% of your profit. It, so people start to feed the mind and make you believe that you're something that you're not there yet. And they only do that because they want to be able to use you. And so I was, you know, I started to notice a lot of that trend of like, oh, you know, we'll do this, we'll do that. And there's nothing wrong with being an independent contractor. There's absolutely nothing wrong with working with some, you know, under somebody else's uh, umbrella and more importantly, under somebody else's liability, right. You know, for a time while you get to know the business and stuff like that. But I don't like how much I've seen people use it and abuse it. And so now I'm a lot more aware. And now where I am in my life is Lazarus consulting was born because of that, it was born because I want to be able to take small, small businesses, um, business owners that have very little experience or kind of starting out. And I want to help them grow and understand the psychology of business, which I think is super important. It's own beast. Absolutely. So I, the psychology of business, as well as actual business management as a whole, um, because I think that we deserve a chance. I think we deserve to 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 actually succeed in business. And I don't think it's fair for people to take advantage of us. The scarcity mindset that shows up um, where you don't think that you're going to have enough. And that's the reason that I have to worry about my competition. And you and I really early on talked about collaboration versus competition. I'm obviously, I'm not a competition because I'm more of just a coach than and you're a therapist. So two very, very different things. Um, and I, I always make sure that I educate whoever I'm talking to. Like, well, what's the difference? I'm not a therapist. Um, I don't play one on TV, <laughs> but I have, I have people that I can refer to, trusted people that I can refer to in those situations. Um, one of the things that you said that I absolutely it was a lesson for me as well in, in any just respect of just being a business owner was needing to change the mindset of their scarcity mentality and thinking of me as competition or thinking of me as whatever it is that I was a threat. Mm -hmm. And it was actually my husband who mentioned that to me. He was like, they see you as a threat. And I'm like, why? Like, I'm not doing anything. You know? And he said, it's because of who you are and how you are and how you show up, not just for your clients, but for the people in the community. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh. And so using that now more as to my benefit, like you were saying, that mm -hmm. shifted 100% for me. So like you said, now I go in and I'm like, okay, well, what, what do you see in me that I don't see? What's right. this, this threat or potential that you see in me? Because- all right, I'm going to live up to that and I'm going to, I'm going to blow it away. 
<laughs> that's exactly it. That's that's one hundred percent. Yeah. And what boundaries did you you feel like you needed to to create for yourself? Because you talked about boundaries, and I think that's always a big thing. I think that boundaries have to be done very intelligently, very cautiously, because when you think about a boundary, let's say you have a wall, the wall is going to keep people out and influences out, but they're also going to keep you in. So you have to be very mindful to be open-minded enough that you don't become jaded and you don't become so overly cautious that you don't allow that interaction and that relationship to, to flow. So the boundaries that I said is I have a very clear vision of where I'm going and what I'm doing. And there's going to, there's people left and right all the time, especially when I became a coach, I was like, whoa. And I'm, I guess I'm not technically a coach. I don't know how you become a coach, but I decided I was going to counsel people on business. And so that that's what I did. Yeah. So like, when I did, when I did Lazarus, that started to happen a ton. It was, oh, let's do this together. And here's what I want you to do. Mm. You know, oh, let's talk about our businesses and exchange information with each other. And you know how you and I did. But then they would veer off into, and here's the product that I want to, I want you to use, or I oh, want to use. Right. Right. So very self-serving, right? Cause there's the, the presentation is a collaboration, but then yeah. there's the very self-serving process to it. And, and to me, I was like, okay, if I don't establish a clear vision of what I want this business to be, and I don't, and, and what I want to achieve for myself, I will be pulled in 50 different directions because that's the thing about being a therapist who happens to love business is that you are like I'm kind of a platypus <laughs> I, you know I'm one of those weird creatures that has the ability to think both with the right brain and the left brain so most of these people again who are either threatened or who would like the opportunity to take advantage of what I am capable of doing, they come in and they present a very pretty picture. And if you're not a hundred percent sure, this is who I am. This is where I stand. And this is what I'm looking to do. You will spend the next 10 years, fig you know, doing what other people want you to do and, and going down their path and making them better and, and, you know, supplying them with your energy versus your dreams and your aspirations are going to be set to the side. Yeah, that was a hard lesson for me, probably in my second year of being um, just full time in my business. I love networking and collaboration and I love helping people. I, I, it literally, it's such a beautiful experience. I love to see people grow. I love all of that. What I realized in doing that was that, like you said, they'll take that and, and they'll say, yeah, this is the dream I have. And this is what I want to do and all of the things. And I'm like, well, that's amazing. And this is what we can do together. And all, cause I, I can, I can see things, right. I can see the end result of it and be like, this is just going to be absolutely magical. Right. But then what I realized was that I was doing 90% of the work mm -hmm. and they were either not showing up. They weren't showing up to meetings. They were handing me in stuff late. There was a bunch of different, and I was like, no, like, I can't, I can't do this. I realized like, it, it literally was in, I think it was probably my second year in that I was just like, 
I'm spending more time building other people's businesses than I am my own. Oh yeah. Like the mm-hmm. effort that I'm putting in, you know, helping these people getting their, you know, the curriculum together and all of this other stuff. It was just like, I, okay, you know what? We can't do this. Like I, I, I physically, energetically, mentally, spiritually was just drained each and every day. And every month it was a little bit more, it was a little bit more of that by the time I'm a couple of months in, I'm like, I have nothing to show for anything. Cause even in trying to build them, it's like pulling teeth. It's like, like, you know, hauling yes. them, like, come on. Yes. yes. Get me this. So then that way I can get this done. Get me, get me. And I'm like, no, you know what I mean? If, if, if you're that interested in building your business, you would show up before me at these meetings. Like you should be there waiting for me at these meetings. You should have your stuff ahead of time. Like it was just, it was, it was quite discouraging to be, to be honest, but I mean, and not everybody was like that, but it, it just became very, very draining. Um, mm-hmm. I loved what you said about when setting the boundaries, because that's one of the examples that I use a lot. You know, when you're filtering out the bad stuff, you can't, you can't, you can't have it both ways. You can't, you know, filter out the bad stuff and then keep the good stuff. It's, you're going to end up, you have to be mindful and intentional of what you're keeping out. Because when you're keeping out the bad stuff, I'm using air quotes for those who can't see me, but you know, when you're keeping out the bad stuff, you're also keeping out a lot of the good stuff. And that good stuff can be in the form of, you know, lessons and relationships and love, right? And vulnerability of other people and even your own vulnerability. Um, and speaking of vulnerability, how are you how are you seeing your vulnerability age you now in your like I would say your success and your success and then your growth. How have you seen your vulnerability age you in this part of it? I think that there's been positives and there's been negatives. One of the biggest things that I struggle with still to this day is this need to escape the things that feel too, too big for me. Mm-hmm. And so um, I've had situations where I've been like this, mm, I don't know if I can survive it kind of thing, you know, um, not too long ago, I was in a place like that and, and it was related to the business and, and my instinct is I just want to become a hermit and I just want to like hide, you know, um, and just make it all go away. So that's still kind of the, the very, that to me, that's a little bit almost like the unhealed child in me in a way, like that's still that part of me, that very innocent part of me. Um, so there's that part. Um, and I have to work with that often. And then there's the positive is no matter what I've gone through, the fact that I still allow myself to be vulnerable allows me to still connect with other people. I sincerely believe from the bottom of my heart that there are a lot more good people than there are bad people. I think that bad people or people, not bad, but misintentioned people or individuals who are weak-minded and self-centered and scared. I've noticed more than anything, the individuals who have uh, tried to damage my business or damage me are usually individuals that are extremely just inconsistently just scared 
they're yeah. just terrified. They're just so scared to to lose. They're so scared to to not be the biggest bear, not be right. the biggest. So you have those. But I think you have a lot more of the ones that look at you and they think, wow, congratulations. Wow. I want to work with you. I admire you. I respect you. I I want to see what you have to offer so that I can learn from you. So I I hold on to my vulnerability with everything I have, despite the fact that I have every reason to believe that I shouldn't, because I honestly, honestly feel like there's a lot more good people. And I don't, you know, I don't, I don't want to feed into the negative people. I don't want to change myself just to, to, just because of what the negative people have done. Right. Like limiting yourself because of their beliefs, right? Putting yourself in that, into that limiting box because of their fears and their insecurities. Would you, would you say that there's an imposter syndrome that shows up for you? Um, when you were talking initially about that, like, is that, is that, is there an imposter syndrome that shows up or is it just kind of an insecurity, like a childhood? Um, and it was interesting because you were talking about your mother earlier and how your mother was like, you know, just stay safe. Like, you know, she has this fear for you. And, you know, I can kind of like see that, like that can almost be like that little angel on the shoulder, like, well, don't do that. You know, it's, you just want to be safe. And that little girl part of us wants to remain safe, right? So we think that anything like outside of that could actually be a potential danger. Um, so I, I, I just visually, that's how I was seeing it when you were talking. But do you think that there is, or is there, I don't say, do you think, is there a little bit of an imposter syndrome that shows up for you as you, for lack of a better term, level up? Or when you're going into a, a new phase? Thankfully, I haven't really felt that in a long time so I can honestly say it's not imposter syndrome as a matter of fact I can be a little bit too cocky <laughs> um I can I can be a little bit too confident <laughs> um so not so much the imposter it's more of the if I fail nobody's gonna catch me and so there there's this sense of I'm get, I'm putting it all out there and, and failure, there is no safety net. There is no one there that's going to protect me. And that's the, isn't that what business ownership is all yeah. about? Yeah, right? it really is. Because you're, you're, you literally, you put it's everything. It's just you. Yeah. It's just you. It's, it's and you're, just you. And you're putting it all on the line. Every single time, every decision that you make, you put it on the line. You know, what I what I was mentioning about the the last situation I had with my business, for example, I can't go too much into details about it, but it was a bad relationship with a person that that was not who they were presenting out to be. And I took a huge leap of faith on that relationship. And because of pride and because I thought that I could manage the relationship it ended up just blowing up in just in every direction you can possibly think of. I lost so much from it. Wow. And that's one of those things where for a long time I was sitting down and I was like, you know, I, I messed up. I messed up so bad. And at the end of the day, 
what it came down to is, you know, I had to really go within and I had to really have just that internal conversation of like, right, it did not work out. What are you going to do with it? How are you going to learn from it? What is the lesson here that you need to learn? And so I like dissected it and I learned, but I am so thankful that my team has this, I don't know how, but this blind faith in me that they just like, I say this way, they say, okay. And they just go because literally overnight we lost a clinic. We had to switch an entire building. We had to take 245 patients, transfer them to a whole new location. Like it was massive how much loss we had. And all that they said to me was, we don't need to know what's going on. We don't need to know what happened. All we need to know is our job secure. I said, yes, mate. Yes, you are. You're good. And they said, then just tell us where we start. Wow. Tell us where we tell us where we go. And and that those are the moments where you're like, I had all of these people's lives in my hands. These are people with children, with grandchildren, with family members who are sick. Like I had all of these people, 250 patients were depending on their therapy through us. If I would not have acted quickly, if I would not have dealt with the situation quickly, my mistake could have affected all of these people. Wow. This is such a testament to who you are as a person, as a leader, right? Because this just shows how much people can have faith in you with this with their lives, essentially. I mean, because they know they can see like, Hey, I have this trust in her. Like, we don't need to know what's going to happen next. I just know that regardless of what's going to happen, everything's going to be okay. And that's because of who you've shown and who you are in those times, even when it wasn't like that, that they were able to have that trust and that love to you from you and with you, that relationship. So I'm not surprised. I don't know why you're surprised. <laughs> I was surprised. I was like, oh my God, I, they, they have every reason to leave. That This was not good. No, um, that is such a huge testament as to who you are, again, as a person, as a leader, as a practitioner. Um, so that's just amazing. Congratulations. Um, so grateful to have you here and to have been a part of your story to hear your story and to have you share it with us and the listeners. And I know that I got a ton of nuggets from this. So I know I, I'm pretty sure my listeners did as well and, and definitely going to be able to gain something from this. Um, can you give us your contact information? So how do, if somebody wants to work with you um, mm -hmm. or wants to find you, especially in the Florida area for mm -hmm. a therapy, um, what is your contact information? And of course we will put it in the podcast notes. So then that way everybody has it there as well, but just go ahead and give us your, your website and all of your information. So if you're interested in doing therapy within Florida, um, the place to go is our phone number at the traveling therapist is two, three, nine, three, five, four, seven, one, eight, seven. And you can visit the website 
thetravelingtherapist.net to find out more about what we do. And we take over 25 different insurances so you can see who we work with and our insurances and stuff like that. And then for Lazarus Consulting, if you're interested in doing uh, just a free chat where we talk about your business or what you want to start, you can visit my website at it's LazarusConsultingLLC.com. And my phone number is 321-246-7075 if you want to call and schedule something over the phone. Perfect. Brilliant. Thank you so much. It has been an absolute honor to have you here. It has been inspiring to hear your story and to have you share with us and and, um, give us that, that vulnerability and that strength that everybody that follows you already sees. And so thank you for that. We appreciate you. Um, So today we are going to leave with a passage from the book, Letting Go, The Pathway of Surrender by Dr. David Hawkins. With courage, there is a willingness to take chances and to let go of former securities. There is the willingness to grow and benefit from new experiences. This involves the capacity to admit mistakes without indulging in guilt and self-reincrimination. Our sense of self-worth is not diminished by looking at areas that need improvement. We are able to admit the presence of problems without being diminished. And as a result, energy, time, and effort are put into self-improvement. That's an awesome. This was absolutely perfect for today's show. Um, Thank you again. It was a pleasure. Um, Please, guys, be sure to check out our services and our incredible line of journals and workbooks from children to adults on our website, www.snhcoaching.com. We appreciate you for joining us today, and we look forward to connecting with you next week. And until then, be kind to yourself and others. Ciao for now.